0: Fiction is the lie through which we tell the truth. Albert Camus.
1: He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kennedy really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast. Oh, yeah.
0: Hello everybody, Uh, this is Jamie Ward, your host of the Silver Linings Playcast, the only podcast that I know of that is solely devoted to uh, Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I think we finally found out what this podcast is going to be, and I think it should be a thing, uh, because I think we finally found what it should be. Uh, We've experimented with a lot of different things and a lot of ideas about canceling it, changing it, or just not... um, or, or doing, anyway, okay, here's the, the long and short of it. Is that even an expression? No, I don't know. Okay, what uh, we are about to do right now is read an excerpt from the fan fiction sequel that I am writing right now. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook 2, uh, Excelsior Harder. And it is going to be um, just, it, uh, because it's fan fiction, it's exactly what I want it to be. Alright, this will not seem like the follow-up novel from uh, Matthew Quick. This is totally my genre-bending sequel the way I envision it in my head. So, without further ado, let's go start reading the first couple of chapters of The Silver Linings Playbook 2, Excelsior Harder, Chapter 1. Pat and Tiffany got married three months after the dance competition. Pat's dad, Patricio Sr., having won his parlay, promised Pat's mom, Dolores, that he would stop with the sports betting, except for an occasional bet on big games, just to make them a little more exciting. Pat Jr., who now went by Pat Solitano, after a rebellious youth and not originally being close to his father, referring to himself as Pat Peoples, his mother's maiden name, finally rejoined the solitano clan pat and tiffany were staying with pat's parents while the house they had just purchased was being renovated mama solitano was delighted to finally have a house full of family and love and they still all lived for sundays pat jr and pat senior were watching nascar on fox they didn't enjoy it as much as football but still looked forward to the opportunity to spend quality bonding time over a small gentleman's bet that neither considered a real gamble on whether John Andretti would make the top ten finish this week. Pat senior didn't feel like he was breaking his promise to his wife not to gamble because if he lost uh if cause if he lost, Pat junior would simply be forgiven the twenty-five dollars. He owed his dad for ruining his original print copy of A Farewell to Arms that he had thrown out the window late one night in a bipolar rage. Pat Jr. didn't think he was enabling his father's gambling addiction because he knew that Andretti wouldn't finish in the top ten. Tiffany joined the boys in the family room as the race cut away to a commercial. "'Ew,' said Tiffany as she glanced at the TV while sitting down on Pat Jr.'s lap. "'Those bars are so gross.' There's just an excuse for men to ogle women. Pat Jr. pressed his face into Tiffany's, planted a small kiss on her lips, and pulled back to look her in the face. You're the only woman I want to ogle, he said before kissing her again. Hooters, belted Pat Sr. What? Tiffany looked confused. You're thinking of Hooters, said Pat Sr., Buffalo Wild Wings is just a normal sports bar, like Dave & Buster's or Beef or Brady's. Well, Hooters then, said Tiffany. Hooters is gross, right babe? Tiffany shot a look at Pat Jr. silently asking for an agreement, even if it wasn't genuine. Why would I ever go to watch sports anywhere else when the prettiest woman in the world is right here, said Pat Jr. Well, maybe if you'd learn to talk like that nicky wouldn't have left you pat senior said under his breath that's uncalled for pat junior shot back it's okay tiffany said wrapping her arms around pat's neck and squeezing herself into him harder your son chose me pat's mom walked in with a tray of corn chips and spinach artichoke dip anyone wants some snacks she said setting the tray down in front of her husband Dolores looked at Tiffany and gave her a smile. And we're so happy he did. We love you. We love you so, so much. Pat Sr. turned to his wife. I wasn't saying we don't love Tiffany. I was just telling my son if he wanted to keep a woman, maybe he needed to learn to romance her a little bit before she leaves. And how will he ever know how to provide for a family if he doesn't know the difference between a regular sports bar and a restaurant? What's a restaurant? Asked Pat Junior. You know," said Pat's dad. "You got Hooters. You got your tilted kilt, Twin Peaks—the kind of thing your wife is referring to. Totally different. Totally different from Buffalo Wild Wings." I know what a restaurant is," said Tiffany. "I didn't," said Pat Junior. And for your information, Patrizio," said Tiffany. I wasn't saying, ew, breasts aren't pretty. I think they're very pretty. They're prettier than you'll ever be. I love looking at boobs, Pat better not, but I'm a woman who admires other women, and I'm a, sa- and it's a savvy business move for sports bars to cater to men to boost their sales while drinking and watching Neanderthalic competitions of toxic masculinity sponsored by Jiffy Lube. I'm saying, ew, the wings at Hooters aren't worth the whole enduring the whole Chili-esque dining establishment catering to a male fantasy. If you want to make a restaurant, make the best damn restaurant. But if your hot wings are going to be mild as shit, don't even pretend like you're trying to serve food. Just be a strip club and microwave some recalenders, chicken pot pies, and I'm good with it. Everyone stared at one another silently as all the noise was sucked out of the room and replaced with a quiet tension as Tiff and Pat Sr. glared in a combative staring contest. The corner of Tiffany's lip curled into a half-smile as she reached over Pat to slap Pat Sr.'s leg. I'm messing with you, she said. I was thinking of Hooters, my bad. Everyone laughed, a nervous but relieved laugh. Everyone except for Pat Sr. Dolores went back into the kitchen, and the father and son excitedly turned back to the TV set as the race coverage resumed. I didn't mix them up, Tiffany whispered in Pat Jr.'s ear. I didn't think you'd make a mistake like that, he responded. But I really do hate those places. They have such weak-ass hot wings, she said. They're fine, said Pat. I guess I'd never really thought about any of it that hard. (laughs) I know, said Tiffany. What's that supposed to mean, asked Pat. Oh, the guy who ordered Raisin Bran on our first date doesn't have a strong opinion about wing flavors? Shocking, Tiffany uh, joked. I was just trying not to be too overly enthusiastic, guy, said Pat. Overly enthusiastic? I would have gone for average enthusiastic. I liked you. And I was in love with you, said Pat. Well, he came off pretty weak, said Tiffany. The way you like your hot wings. I eventually got over myself, said Pat. And I love you. I love you too, said Tiffany. The two kissed each other sweetly. Come on, yelled Pat Sr. Pat Jr. and Tiffany both looked up with concern, thinking that Pat's dad was upset about their public display of affection, but found that Pat's dad, with his hand angrily extended towards the TV, that was deliberate. He wrecked him on purpose, said Pat Sr. It's it's okay, Dad, said Pat Jr. It's not okay. The kind of driving is bad for the sport. The people that say that, they you know, they say they watch NASCAR for the wrecks, they clearly don't understand how racing is supposed to work. They'll be okay, said Pat Jr. Yeah, but, but Andretti got wrecked. Pat Jr. reached inside his wallet and handed his dad all the cash that he had on him. It's fine, Dad, said Pat. I was just betting you because you enjoy sports more when... That's not the point, Pat Sr. interrupted. Isn't Andretti too old to be racing at this level anyway, said Tiffany. You're thinking of Mario, said Pat Sr. No. No said Tiffany. You think that I think you're talking about Mario, but Mario was famous for driving Formula One. You're rooting for John, and I'm guessing it's not because of his Italian heritage, but because his family is from Pennsylvania, and you have a cult-like loyalist loyalty to Pennsylvania-based sports teams. <laughs> Tiffany ended her soliloquy by blowing Pat Sr. an air kiss. Pat Sr. looked at his son and his son's wife, and smiled for the first time in the last hour. (laughs) She's a keeper, Pat, said Pat Sr., speaking of which, I'm too old to be missing my Sunday nap. Pat's dad got up and walked off. Tiffany turned to Pat. I love your Dad, she said. I do, too, said Pat. But if you ever turn into him, I will leave you so fast. I'm not going to turn into my father, said Pat. Not like divorce you. I will leave the room. I will come back when you turn back into you. (laughs) Okay, I won't turn into my father, said Pat. He smiled at Tiffany. Tiffany shot straight up, her shoulder knocking Pat in the chin because he wasn't expecting her sudden movement. Have you had Nashville hot chicken? Asked Tiffany. I don't think so. We we need to. We should go get some right now. Where do they have Nashville hot chicken? Asked Pat. Nashville, said Tiffany. You want to plan a trip to Nashville? Said Pat. Tiffany stood up and pulled on Pat's arm in a futile attempt to get him off the couch. We should go to Nashville right now. Said Tiffany. That's crazy said Pat. That's got to be like a day's drive. Tiffany looked at Pat with a devilish grin. We are crazy. Remember, that's how we met. Let's look at the map and see how far it is, said Pat. It's 2009, said Tiffany. Thanks to a little thing called the internet, we can look it up on MapQuest and print out a turn-by-turn instructions on the most efficient way to get there. Come on, it'll be an adventure. Tiffany shot Pat a pair of the prettiest and saddest puppy-dog eyes he'd ever seen. Okay, fine. Let's go to Nashville. But if we're going to be crazy, let's be crazy, said Pat. Tiffany kissed Pat. I love you, she said. I love you too. Chapter Two Pat and Tiffany pulled into the parking lot of their local Hooters. How is taking a detour to Hooters going to get us to Nashville faster than driving straight there, said Tiffany. I know a guy who can help us, said Pat. The two walked in and stood in the doorway for a moment as Pat scanned the crowd. He focused on a young, handsome, roughneck fellow who was wearing a black vest and was sitting next to a hairy, seven-and-a-half-foot creature that looked like part dog, part pear. There he is, said Pat as he led Tiffany over to the table where his friend was sitting. The pair sat down across from Pat's friend and his shaggy companion. Han? This is my wife, Tiffany, said Pat. Han reached out his hand and took Tiffany's hand, kissing it on the top like a prince would. I'm Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, and this is my first mate, Chewbacca. Chewbacca let out a jovial growl of salutation as he slipped back his hair with both hands. Millennium Falcon, inquired Tiffany. You mean that hunk of junk parked out front? Hey, said Han. The Millennium... Pat cut Han off. The Millennium Falcon made the castle run in under twelve parsecs. Han Solo puffed up his chest upon hearing his friend brag about the ship. Oh, you've heard of her. That's why I called you, said Pat. Okay, but will it get us to Nashville? Uh, asked Tiffany. Faster than you can say Alderaan, boasted Han. That's great, beamed Tiffany. Chewie and I have to fuel up. Meet us out front in ten m-. Han started to trail off as his attention was clearly being drawn to the entrance of Hooters, where a commotion had broken out. In walked several stormtroopers in their gleaming white armor with blasters at the low ready. They were drawing attention of every patron at the bar. Two of them were inquiring about something, and one of the gentlemen sitting at the bar pointed to the back table where Tiffany, Pat, Han, and Chewie were sitting. Better make that five, said Han, as he and Chewie leapt up and started making their way to the back entrance. What's going on? asked Tiffany, with an air of concern. Don't worry, Han yelled back at the two. This happened to be once back, and a job in 1977 you'll be fine you're in good hands more like hans tiffany giggled this is not a time for puns pat said as he drew a small blaster from his holster he had on his right hip where did that come from said tiffany pat planted a quick kiss on the lips of a very shocked tiffany's face don't question it babe said pat remember we're crazy four minutes later Pat and Tiffany joined up with Han Solo and Chewbacca, who were almost finished prepping the Corellian light freighter for takeoff. This hunk of junk is going to get us to Nashville, said Tiffany. It might not look like much, but it's survived a number of wars in the stars, said Han. At that moment, three stormtroopers exited the hooters and spotted the crew by the entrance ramp of the Falcon. Stop that ship, exclaimed the leader of the band of troopers. All three of the stormtroopers drew their weapons to their hip and started firing, blasting away at the Nashville-bound gang. Get in, Han said as he drew his blaster to return fire. I'll cover you, said Pat, as Tiffany and Chewbacca ran up the ramp and readied the ship for takeoff. Fortunately, the only thing that was less accurate than Pat's recollection of the events this evening was the marksmanship skills of the pursuing stormtroopers, who missed hitting anyone and anything of significance in their barrage of laser blasts. Pat provided some covering fire, picking off one of the troopers, but more started to emerge from the hooters. Han managed to hit two of them, which provided enough of a break in the incoming fire for Pat and himself to run up the ramp. The hydraulic lifts closed the ramp as the Falcon engines roared to life. The stormtroopers continued to fire helplessly at the ship, but the shields absorbed the blast, preventing any major damage. In the cockpit, Han and Chewie manned their pilot and co-pilot seats as Pat and Tiffany strapped themselves into the seats right behind them. Han brought the engines to full power, and the ship lifted into the sky, leaving the frustrated stormtroopers as quickly fading white dots in the rear view. The ship aligned itself in a southwestern direction and took off at near light speed. In no time, they would be in Nashville. All right, that's chapters one and two from uh, the Silver Linings Playbook to Excelsior Harder. Um, if you like that, we will be back every week with more continuing fan fiction uh, in the Silver Linings Playbook universe. We are closing some of the loopholes in the differences between the film and book, and clearly it's obvious from what we've already got started, we are probably going to be opening some new plot holes. Uh, in in our genre-bending adventures. So anyway, if you liked these chapters, tune in next week for either the follow-on chapters or we might skip around in the Saga series or uh, we might just do something completely different. Until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior.
1: He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. keeping energy it, G. really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's are so all messed up in the head. It's a silver lining's play cast. Oh yeah.